evening, ladies and gentlemen. You are now tuned into the best sports show, I believe, in the Midwest. Uh, it is time to get fired up. So I'm Terry Tackett here with the uh, Fire Brigade. So without further ado, let's turn it over to the uh, Fire Brigade. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is the Fire Chief uh, coming to you on a Wednesday night. It's good to be back. Um, have Colton back live in the studio with us again back from oklahoma so um good to have him in the studio again we're uh not going to do a lot of super bowl stuff tonight because we're going to do a super bowl special this sunday at 4 15 if you'd like to tune in for that we're going to do our whole show on nothing but nothing but the super bowl but uh while we are talking about that we are we're going to have a call-in contest that day where we're going to give away a 25 dollar gift card to b-dub so you can get fired up on some hot wings. Um, so uh, the way we're going to run our contest is the first five callers that come in, that call in, we'll take their winner pick and an overall score. And then uh, whoever's closest, whoever picks the winner and the overall overall score the closest, will get the $25 gift card from BW3. So, and uh, before we go any further, also uh, the number to call in tonight, 740 740- Three eight two nine nine four four. We always welcome your questions, and um, also you can catch episodes on. We're on uh, uh, any uh, place you listen to your sp- podcast, Spotify, Google, or Apple. We're all. You can catch pa- past episodes on there. Just um, type in "fired up" and it should pull us up. So uh, we're going to lead off tonight, um, going back to last week's show. We all took a bas- NCAA basketball game and uh, did a pick on that. A couple of the games got canceled due to COVID issues, but uh, we'll let Colton lead off with um, his pick from last week. Yeah, my uh, one game, my Villanova-Connecticut game, got canceled last week due to due to COVID protocol. So I only have one game left then to pick, and uh, it was the Kansas versus Tennessee game. Um, I got this pick way wrong. Tennessee uh, wind up winning by almost 20 points by a score of 80 to 61. Uh, Kansas, uh, yeah, didn't look good in, in that game. Tennessee was a, was a big surprise. They they came out firing. They were uh, shooting 61 percent from three point land. I mean that's unbelievable. Uh, Kansas, on the other hand, only shot about 25 percent from three. You know, so they 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 didn't do so hot from the three point land. Um, their their star player on Kansas uh, didn't didn't really get going. Kansas uh, just just didn't have an answer for a lot of the bigs that uh, Tennessee had, and uh, Tennessee came out on top. All right, uh, Matt, you want to talk about the game that you picked? Yeah, I had the I had the the big game in the Big Ten last week. It was uh, Iowa versus Illinois, and uh, I had picked Illinois to to pull the upset last week, and they they did me right. They 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 pulled it out, eighty to seventy five. It was a great game. Uh, Big game had by uh, Luca Garza was only held to ni- 19 points. He's averaging 26, so you know that that really hurt hurt Iowa. And Illinois had a big game from uh, Iowa Dasumu. He put up 25 points, uh, shot three for three from three point line, and I think that that really made the difference. And Illinois pu- pulled it out. It was a good game. Okay, I had a game from the ACC. I had the Virginia Virginia Tech game, which they were both ranked teams last week and i'm like colton i missed this by a bunch i met uh virginia i picked virginia to win 
Um, Virginia Tech wound up winning 65 to 51, but it was it was a tale of two halves. Um, Virginia led at halftime 29-21. They played great defense in the first half. Um, looked really looked really solid, and then uh, they almost uh, fell asleep in the locker room at halftime because they came back out got outscored 22 to 44 in the second half um virginia tech locked down defense and their offense was clicking they went on a 21 to nothing run there in the second half and wound up coming out on top so yeah i i missed that one bad but uh it was a good game to watch and to suit two uh very good teams well coached teams and uh you know i just picked the wrong team so <laughs> And Braden, I think your game got uh, postponed as well, didn't it, due to COVID issues? Yeah, I had the top 25 matchup between Oregon and UCLA last week. Unfortunately, they couldn't get that in due to COVID concerns within the team, but it would have been heck of a game. Okay. Well, let's go into our picks for this week. Uh, we all took a game, or Colton took two games, actually. He covers two conferences, so we'll let him uh, lead off with his pick for this week. Yeah, so uh, I'm going with, uh, I got Kansas uh, versus West Virginia on Saturday this week. Uh, that's a 2 o'clock game. Uh, you know, Kansas coming in with a record of 11-6, and 5-4 and four in the Big 12. Uh, West Virginia coming in 11-5, and 4-3 and three in, in the Big 12. Uh, you know, Kansas is coming in on a little bit of a losing streak. They're looking to try to get their mojo back here a little bit. Uh, West Virginia is a, a real hot team right here now. Uh, you know, they're... Shooting the three ball exceptionally well in the conference, 42% from three-point land, uh, good for second in the conference. So they're they're shooting threes, but then they're also leading the league in offensive rebounds. So, you know, if they're not making threes, they're getting those rebounds and getting easy looks. So, you know, that's definitely going to have to be something that Kansas, you know, they limit West Virginia to one shot. That That's what they're going to have to try to do. But, uh you know, I, I like West Virginia to, to get the win here. I, I just don't think Kansas has enough offense. I like West Virginia to, to get it done. All right, very good. Matt, you want to do the, the Big Ten game this week? Yep, the, the probably the biggest game in the Big Ten this week is the uh, number seven Ohio State versus number eight Iowa. Ohio State comes oh, in the yeah. game at 14-4 and four on the season, 8-4 and four in the Big Ten. And then Iowa's 13-4 and four on the season, 7-3 in the Big Ten. So, I mean, this is looking like it should be a tight matchup. Uh, the Buckeyes are averaging 77 points a game to Iowa's 89 points a game. So, the big question here is, can the Buckeyes score with Iowa to keep this a game? Uh, the, the big matchups to look forward to this week are uh, the Buckeyes' E.J. Liddell, who's averaging 15 points a game and seven boards, going up against Luca Garza, who's... Uh, a big, a wooden, a wooden, probably finalist this year, averaging 26 points a game and nine, nine boards. Uh, another matchup to look for is Dwayne Washington Jr., who's averaging uh, 15 points a game for the Buckeyes against Joe Weiskamp, averaging 14 points a game for the Hawkeyes. So I, I think these two matchups are going to be what plays the difference in the game. But I think in the end, Iowa's going to have too much for the Buckeyes, and uh, they're going to, they're going to pull away at the end of the game and, and probably pull this, pull this one out. All right, good, good. Good stuff there. Hey, uh, Braden, why don't you give us something from the, from the Pac-10? Yeah, this week I got the Pac-12, and we have uh, number 21, UCLA, versus the USC on Saturday. Both teams are sitting 13-3 and three overall right now, so this will be a battle for the top spot in the Pac-12 going into the conference play. Star player uh, Evan Mobley from USC, it's going to give him a chance to prove his, prove his worth against uh, a great UCLA defense. 
I mean, both teams are relatively similar, averaging 76.3 points a game for USC and then 75.1 for UCLA. I think it's going to be a good game overall. I mean, I just think that UC USC offense is just too much for them, though. I have to go with them. All right, very good, Brady. That's a, that's a good analysis there. Well, I got the ACC, and I had to pick – I had to go, even though they're not ranked teams, I had to go with the Duke-UNC game as my game of the week. I mean – if I didn't do it, it'd be like uh, in football, not talking about the Michigan-Ohio State game. I mean, this is one of the most storied rivalries in, in college basketball and maybe sports all time. So, yeah, I, I just I just couldn't pass this one up. There's just so much so much out here on these two teams. This is the first time they faced each other unranked since 1960. Um, but since that time. Each team has won five uh, NCAA titles. So, you know, they might have a, a down year every 60 years, but uh, you can count on them coming back. This game is this Saturday at 6 o'clock, aired on ESPN. And this, this these two teams are vastly different, where um, uh, Duke is not a deep team off the bench. They, they count on two or three players to, uh, you know, get the job done scoring and rebounding and assists. Um, and then, uh, you know, North Carolina is a little deeper. They In their major categories, they have five different teams that are five different guys that are that are leading their team. Um, Jalen Johnson from Duke has to have a big game. Um, he's still trying to get back in basketball shape. He's only, you know, playing 23 minutes a game right now. He's going to have to play more this in this game for them to win. And... Uh, and he's going to have to play well in those additional minutes. Um, the big gun from from North Carolina is uh, that Garrison Brooks. He's a 6'10 senior. Um, he's their best all-around player, and I, I look for a big game out of him. Um, and in my pick, I got to take, unfortunately, I'm going to have to take North Carolina. I think they're going to win this game. Um, it's going to be close. It always is. But uh, my ACC pick is going to be North Carolina over Duke this week. Yeah, and I'm going to wrap it up here with my last pick, uh, last game of the week. Uh, I got the SEC. I got, uh, you know, number 10 Alabama versus number 18 Missouri. That's a 12 o'clock game on Saturday. Alabama coming in 14-4, and 9-0 and in the SEC. Missouri coming in 11-3. Four and three in the SEC, so you know this has got some big uh, SEC implications here. You know Missouri trying to get a quality win against a very good Alabama, well-coached Alabama team. Uh, Alabama coming in averaging almost 85 points a game in the conference. I mean that's that's unbelievable. That's almost uh, close to an NBA you know level right there. Uh, Missouri not averaging near as many points. Um, but then you know another staggering thing for Alabama, they're only giving up 68 points. So they're they're beating teams by almost 20 points a game in the conference so wow. you know they're 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 red hot right now and and you know it's going to come down i think between the two uh you know two guards uh john petty jr uh senior guard from alabama and uh xavier penson the guard uh junior guard out of missouri i think that's going to be a matchup to watch to see who gets the better of that matchup but Ultimately, I'm picking Alabama to uh, to win to win that matchup. They they're just too red hot. They they got scoring from all kinds of people. Their bench is deep. I, I like Alabama to get it done this week. That should be a great game to watch. What day is that game on? That that is uh, Saturday, a noon noon game on Saturday. Mm, that'd be a good one. 
Okay, we got a new feature on the show tonight. Um, with us being on the social media, we had a couple questions come in um, on Instagram, and one of them, one of the questions we got was, uh, "Do you think any anybody can touch Baylor or Gonzaga in the NCAA tournament?" So, um, basically, the caller's asking, "Are you picking Baylor and Gonzaga or the rest of the field?" Guys, what's your thoughts on that question? I, I seen Baylor in, te- in Texas last night. Baylor made a freaking believer out of me, man. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Ba- Baylor has been, uh, you know, a very well, you know, very deep team. They're, they've been well coached. They, you know, have the experience. A lot of veteran players on that team. Baylor is a very, very, very tough team. Uh, Gonzaga as well. Um, oh, I mean, yeah. we don't get to see as many games, you know, with them or, you know, get to watch as many games of theirs, you know, being out yeah. there on the West Coast and, you know, not being in one of the, the power conferences. It's tough to try to catch one of their games. But the few times that I have seen them, they, they are a well-coached team. They got a lot of veteran players as well. Um, but, you know, with all of this COVID stuff going on, and you know, not knowing what's going to happen in March, I mean, you just never know. I, I'm I'm taking the field to, to win win NCAA tournament this year. Yeah, I'm right there with Colton. I'm taking the field as well. I I, I think uh, Gonzaga just being not being in a conference that's one of the Power Five, it, they they don't get to test themselves all year long, and I think that always ends up showing come tournament time because they're always ranked highly, and then you know they some. They get they get upset before they get to the final four things like that. I just, I'm I'm not a believer in Gonzaga until they they start playing more of the more of the Power Five more consistently. Baylor, you know, they are a Power Five team, but they're also kind of a flash in the pan this year. They're not that typical typical basketball power. So I just I, I the experience I think is going to hurt them come come tournament time. So I, I'm I'm taking the field. Yeah, I think I'd have to disagree on that. I think Gonzaga's really proved they have what it takes, beating Kansas, West Virginia, Iowa, and Vir- and Virginia. Mm-hmm. I mean, that offense is just insane, and they're beating teams Good left point. and right. Yeah, yeah. Twenty points. I mean, their closest game this year was against Kansas, and they only lo- or they only won by twelve. Mm-hmm. I mean, still, you haven't had a, somebody play with them all year. I just think that going into tournament time, you really want that uh, experience, and you definitely. I just don't think there's another team that can hang with them this year. All right. Well, Britain, I gotta leave you out there on an island. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta look at the odds. Um, you guys know I'm a betting man, so I gotta play the odds. If you gotta play, um, put Baylor and Gonzaga against every other team in the country, you know, up against the whole rest of the country. I mean, there's some other great teams out here. As as dominant as those teams have been, um, it's just, it's just hard to to pick two teams against the whole rest of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got you got your Iowa, your Ohio State, Michigan from the Big Ten, mm-hmm. you know, and the and the Missouri. I mean, there's there's just a lot of good ball teams out there. And I just it's to to put two up against sixty, you know, sixty other teams or sixty four other teams um, would be tough to do. So I'm I'm going to take the field as well. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, sticking with college uh, sports. Um, we wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, extension of Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. Um, he got extended for 10 years. Um, he's their long, already their longer, longest tenured coach um, ever at Northwestern and the all-time winningest coach. So, fellas, give me your thoughts on uh, Pat's, the extension of Pat Fitzgerald. Yeah, I, I like like the extension. I like the deal that they got done. You know, he, he's been – probably the best thing for Northwestern. I mean, you can't say enough about the guy. I mean, he's 
been to ten bowl games, five and five in those bowl games. Um, you know, like Dad said, winning this coach in program history. You know, and, and since 2015, he's got two ten-win seasons, four bowl victories, and he's won two Big Ten West uh, division titles. So, I mean, he's doing doing good things for Northwestern, and you know. He, he doesn't always get, you know, the top talent. He's not always working with the top ten recruiting class every year. You know, he's he's making the most of what he's got. And, uh, you know, that that's, you know, amen to, you know, good thing for Northwestern to keep him around. He, he's been, uh, you know, a good good coach on and off the field for Northwestern. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Fat, Pat Smigerald has earned, has earned the right to be at Northwestern as long as he wants to be there. I mean, you go into a program like that and you take them to two Big Ten championship games, you win four bowl games, there's no reason not to keep him around. I mean, even if he has a couple down seasons, just look at last year. It was probably one of his worst seasons ever. And then come this year, he turns it around and takes him to the Big Ten championship. So, I mean, he's definitely earned the right to be there as long as he wants. Ten years is a good starting point. Yeah, and to go on that, I mean, taking that uh, three and nine team in 2019, and then making them into a seven and two team the next year after. I mean, they were literally half a game away from submitting their bid to the college football playoff. I think he's done a heck of a job there, and I'd like to see that. Yeah, I gotta agree with you guys. I haven't, sur- I haven't really seen any of the, they, at least as far as what I could find. I didn't see like the money that they, what he got, but I know he was getting his old contract. I think he was getting. 3.3 million a year mm-hmm. um you know if they stayed with that for the next 10 years i think they got a bargain yeah. the guy you know he was the youngest coach ever in d1 history at that time by like five years so he came in green and turned that team around and i you know i can see him only getting better and you know looking at it from my standpoint you know i like you know i like teams that play defense and oh, yeah. Pat Fitzgerald himself was a two-time best defensive player in the league, so right, you know right. I got to give him kudos for that. He's a, he's 106 and 81 so far in his years there since taking over in 2006. Um, and I just look, I look for Northwestern to continue that trend. I, th- I think it was a, I think it was a good move for the university and for Pat Fitzgerald. Yeah, yeah, no, and just a little bit of uh, tidbit information, you know. It's the third year in a row that uh, also Northwestern has led the NCAA uh, in graduation rate for their football players. So, you know, he's doing good things for that program, not just on the field, but also in the classroom. You know, he, he's doing doing real good things, and, you know, kudos to him for getting this new deal. Congrats. Yeah. That, that's a great stat, Colton. I like to hear that. <clears throat> okay, well, well, we'll stay with football, but let's go to the uh, – let's go to the NFL. Um uh, surprise to me it was anyway surprise trade this week um, Matthew Stafford and uh, Jared Goff switched places uh, Stafford from the from the Lions to the Rams um, give me your guys thoughts on this trade who who came what team came out best and why yeah I think honestly the Rams might have won this one I think they become an immediate Super Bowl contender. I mean, you have Stafford out there throwing 4,000 yards and above in eight out of his 12 years he's been in the league. He's also moving behind one of the best offensive lines, and obviously the lines aren't too hot, so uh, they're probably in the bottom three or four, I'd guess. Also, you're getting those great receivers in Cup and Woods and also Reynolds. I And on top of that, you're also getting one of the best defenses out there. I think he's really going to have the supporting cast he's needed his whole career, and I wouldn't be surprised if we're sitting here next year and the Rams are in it for the big big shot. So, uh, yeah, I think they want it. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'll have to disagree though. I I think uh, I think the Lions won this trade. They got a they got a good quarterback. I mean, Goff's nothing to nothing to you know sneeze at. He he went he took the Rams to the Super Bowl just what a year or two ago. Two years ago. Yeah. And so I mean, he he can get the job done. And then they also get two first round draft picks and what was a second or a third? A third rounder. And a third rounder. I mean, so I mean they they're looking at. Plenty of draft equity to build that team around around him and build build a contender there. And, uh, you know, looking at the Rams, if this doesn't pay off immediately, they're in a lot of trouble. They don't have a first-round pick now for, what, four or five years in a row? Yeah, they, yeah, cause they, they, have, a, they haven't had a first-round pick since 2016 when they drafted Jared Goff, and they don't have one going mm-hmm. forward So mm-hmm. until 2024. So. Yeah, I just I don't think you can give up that kind of draft e- equity and, and have won this deal. I, I think it's a bad, bad idea for the Rams, and I think it's not going to pay off in the long run. They've showed that they don't need a first-round pick to get to the Super Bowl though and they were inches away from winning it I just think that Stafford's really going to put him over that edge Goff showed that he couldn't do it in the big game so we'll see yeah no I, I you know I, I'm not sure I, I think the Lions did get a steal in this draft but I think the Rams also you know may have upgraded at quarterback you could tell you know this is definitely a win all mentality for for LA at this point you know Stafford is a 33 year old quarterback and I know we've seen Several quarterbacks that have played into their late 30s and early 40s, but I mean, how, how, you know, not every single one of them is going to be able to do it. So Stafford may have, you know, two, three good years left in him. So LA has definitely got to, you know, utilize those good years left. Um, you know, they do have, you know, quite a bit of weapons on the team, but uh, you know, I think that is a huge price to pay for a 33-year-old quarterback, um, and not also, you know, giving up those draft picks and not have draft picks in the future. That, that that's tough. Yeah. To, that, to that me, tough. to me, that was the turning point. I thought of the trade was those draft picks. Yeah. Because when you when you have capital like that, you know that's yeah. that's tough. Yeah. And and now the Rams, I mean, are in such a basically it's it, it's like you said it's a win yeah, now mentality which if they don't win this could come back to backfire right, and have right. they're, they're basically uh, sticking ramifications with the team. forever you know right. for the next five right. or six they're years with the team that they have because they have no draft capital yeah trade yeah guys right. or anything like yeah. that there's so. nothing no more trades right. that they can right. make and you know the real winner in this deal is the houston texans because if stafford just brought that home <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. What's i mean deshaun what's gonna deshaun watson gonna bring exactly. right. <clears throat> yeah well i got to I think the I think the Lions came out better in this trade. They got a, a quarterback that's you know six seven years younger. Um, their stats are about the same um, as far as their TD to interception ratio. Um, but Goff's done something that Stafford's never done, and that's win a playoff game. Mm-hmm. So um, you know it, Stafford and his he's uh, thrown uh, four pick or four touchdowns and three picks, and his in his time in the playoffs. So, you know, I, you just don't know how he'll perform it if they do get fortunate enough to get there. I think, like Braden said, they do have – they do. he does have some weapons around him where they have the potential to get to the playoffs. But I just don't – he just he's just underperformed when, it, when he's made it that far. And he's only made it three times, mm-hmm. you know, since he was the number one pick in 2009 on Alabama. He's only made it to the playoffs three times, and he's 0-3. So – I, you know, and then you know, like Matt said, then you give up not only that, but the picks that the, that the Lions got for him. Um, you know, I, I like uh, I like I like the deal that the Lions did better than what the Rams did. So, 
and you know Stafford's had talent around him before. You got to remember he had uh, Calvin Johnson, Megatron, yeah. you know, and they they didn't make anything happen. So just just yeah. because he's getting some more talented receivers with him doesn't mean he's going to be a a Super Bowl caliber quarterback. Yeah. To me though, I, I kind of think of a jo- of kind of think of Joey Harrington. Is this going to be another Joey Harrington? Yeah, I, I hope the uh, Lions are not. Uh, you know, <laughs> the Rams aren't getting another Joey Harrington. Yeah. Detroit knows all too well. The, that yeah, that was the out. first name yeah. that popped in, into yeah, my head when I seen this sure. trade. Was but, uh, well, you, you know, know, you know Stafford's been he hasn't missed a lot of games, but he has had some you know shoulder issues. Um, three, and he three. did take a beating up there in Detroit early in his career. They yeah. didn't do a good job of protecting him. Um, so yeah, you know, right. at thirty three years old, you got you got to worry yeah. about his you know his. Uh, his longevity at this point. So, right. Yeah, but one um, one of the things that were missing from those Lion teams when he was in the playoffs was a solid defense. Mm-hmm. I, you got to think right. he's going to the Rams, and they have one of the best defenses. I mean, you got Aaron, Aaron Donald, Donald yeah. and you have yeah. Jalen Ramsey yeah. out there too. I yeah. think that they have the pieces around it. They could be dangerous this well, year. A guy I thought played well on that defense, kind of a sleeper, was Jordan Fuller. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a couple interceptions, like I think against Tampa that were. Yeah, and Tampa Bay showed this year that a, an upgrade at quarterback yeah. to get oh, you right back yes, in the Super Bowl. Absolutely, so absolutely. I would not be surprised if the Rams were up there next year. Yeah, no, I think it also, you know, you have to look at the money situation. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, Goff was due about $134 million over the next four years. You know, let, let's be honest, is is he worth that amount of money? You know, yeah, he made it to the Super Bowl, you know, one time, but is he really a, a $33 million quarterback, you know, that the Rams are going to be willing to pay? Up to me, I, I don't think so. Uh, you know, at the same time, the Rams were able to save about $7 million by getting Stafford. I don't know if, you know, $7 million is worth it or not, the difference, but, you know, that, I think that also was, uh, you know, a reason for L.A. making this making this deal. Yeah, actually, I don't think Goff's contract was as bad as it sounded because I, I believe after this season they had an out that they wouldn't have had to pay that much to get out of that contract. Mm-hmm. I think they could have cut him at the end of this year. And, well, I know a lot of it wasn't a lot of it a roster bonus. I think he a, a uh, lot yeah. like a ten million dollars. There, there, there's a lot of money they weren't going to have to pay if they were well, able to. The only thing I'm, I'm thinking too is that didn't they overpay for Todd Gurley? Mm, yeah, and he's, so he's the Rams are kind of notorious for for, overpaying for these players ter- and they don't stay yeah. For very yeah. But the ones they have paid, oh have, yeah, yeah, Aaron Donald sure, and Jalen Ramsey sure. both have bought out for him. Yeah, and, uh, you know, some other teams that kind of, you know, were interested in Stafford, um, you know, I, I found this tidbit, um, you know, a little bit interesting, but some other teams that made some calls 49ers, to, I'm sure. call to the uh, to the to the Lions to, uh, you know, see if he was available or if they could strike a deal. Uh, the Washington football team was one. Uh, Carolina was mm. another one. Uh, Indianapolis, San Francisco, Denver. New England even made a call. Yeah. Belichick made a call. How about him not wanting to play? Yeah. Chicago made oh. a call. And even wow. the New York Jets were another team oh. that made, that made a that, call. Is that a, is that a sign that the quarterback class is where, you know, there's just not a lot of quality quarterbacks right. in the NFL right now? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, a lot of teams are just looking for the next, you know, franchise QB or somebody that they can, you know. They're looking for their version of Tom Brady, basically, I think, you know, yeah. yeah. You know, I just just don't know if the QB class that's coming in is going to be worth it. Yeah, too many question marks out there right now. It almost seems like they would rather go the veteran route 
that try to invest a lot, maybe in the future. You know, they, they all have the win now mentality. You know. Yeah. Again, the Tampa Bay Bucks showed yeah, that. Yeah. You don't have to have the youngest quarterback out there to make it to the Super Bowl. And if, if you just put good pieces around him, you know, you an Antonio Brown and a, right. a Gronkowski yeah. and you know, yeah, and Stafford's yeah. going to a great spot with Cup and uh, Reynolds and Woods out there too. While we're uh, talking about this, remember you can call in at any time with your questions. If you got something you want us to address. Uh, just give us a ring, 740-382-9944. We'll get you on. And, uh, the the we'll do cor- correct, correction, to, uh, correction to that number, it's actually 740-383-9944. Oh, 383, my bad. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, wrote, I even wrote it down wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't even trust my own notes. 383 yeah. 9944 yeah. sorry. Yeah. All right. We're good, we're good. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's, yeah, we'll, let's move on now. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll keep it uh, in professional sports. We're going to talk about something we haven't had a chance to yet in our episodes, and we're going to get into a little bit of the NBA. And uh, what we thought we'd do is um, the, the uh, all-star voting started this week, so um, we're going to give you our uh, – five starters each guy here on the panel is going to give you his five starters from the east and then we'll go back and uh give us each guy will give us five starters from the west so give you something to talk about with your buddies at the water cooler tomorrow if you agree with <laughs> us or didn't agree with us Braden, why don't you lead us off with your uh, five starters in the nba east yeah for the east uh right now i have uh, at point guard i have trey young He's really bought out this year. And then a shooting guard, Bradley Beal, a snub from last year, and he's 31 points a game. I mean, there's not much to say after that. Hey, has, um, has that trade helped him? The, the guy they got from Houston? Yeah. Uh, no, the, the Wizards are still <laughs> Okay, bad. all right. He, all right. He, he's playing well, and I almost feel bad for God, him. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Yeah, uh, yeah Russell, Russell, Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. Thank you. you know, yeah. he, he's been a help, but I think the Wizards just need more help than you know, yeah. okay. Russell Westbrook okay. can give. So. I hadn't heard much about him. That's why yeah. I'm yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. yeah, then at uh, small forward, I have Kevin Durant, another person that's on a tear right now. Mm-hmm. Power forward, Giannis, and to cap it off, uh, who I think could uh, have a chance of becoming MVP, Joel Embiid. Yeah, my, my my list is about the same as Braden's. We're pretty close here. At, at my guard spots, I got Bradley Beal and Kyrie Irving. Uh, my forwards, I got Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, and then the, the big center being Joel Embiid. These guys are all in the top ten of scoring in the NBA right now. Yep. And, you know, really, the, the all-star game starters are all just a popularity contest anyway, and these guys are all, you know, the popular players off the best teams in the NBA. So, that, that, that's how just how I see it flying right now. See how they, they they need they worry more about how many likes they get than they do. Right. You know, yeah, they're promoting it more on yeah. their social media, yeah. you know, than, than what their stats say. Exactly. But, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm pretty much the same with uh, you know all the guys so far. You know, I got Bradley Bill and Trey Young as my guards. Um, I got Kevin Durant, you know, at the forward spot. I got Giannis Antetokounmpo there, and I also got Joel Embiid uh, as my last guy there on, on the starters for the East. Okay. I got a lot of the same players, but I'll tell you, I kept Trey Young out because he's, he's turning the ball over a little bit too much yeah. for me. I, don't, I like guys who take care of the ball, mm-hmm. and his turnover stats are just a little on the high side for me. I do have Bradley Beal in there. You know, he, he's shooting at a 49% clip. I got Giannis. I got Embiid and Durant. But my fifth player is somebody, I don't know, It's it was a long shot for me, but I like Zion. And, and uh, he's shooting 58%. But I just like the way Zion plays. He plays hard. 
for a big guy, man, he, he goes out here and hustles. So I like to hustle a lot of Zion from New Orleans. So that's my starting five. <clears throat> So now we'll now we'll turn it over to the West here, and we'll start you know our five starters in the in the West. Braden, you want to start us off? Yeah, for point guard, I have a uh, Steph Curry, another man who's just shooting at an unbelievable rate right now. Uh, shooting guard, I have Luka Doncic, mm. followed by that big surprise, LeBron at uh, small forward, <laughs> and then at power forward, I have Kawhi and oh, Sin. We got a call, guys. We got a call. All, All right. Call. All right. Hang on. All right. Just repeat it back to me. Yep. Caller, go ahead. Yeah, James Hoffman here. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh-huh. Uh, question about what I'd like to talk about is National Signing Day today. That was obviously today, right? Mm-hmm. So my question would be, what, what are your thoughts on the rankings? And the follow-up question of that, I guess, would be, does it really even matter too much? When it comes down to like the top 20 ranked programs, obviously there's going to be a big difference between Ohio State and like a UConn, but does it really matter between where Ohio State and Clemson are ranked or Ohio State and uh, USC, those types of programs? Yeah, no, that that's a good good uh, question, caller. Uh, we that uh, we were asked, uh, you know, about the uh, national signing day today about the uh, rankings, you know. Do we think the rankings are right? And, you know, do we think that they're, you know, do they really matter, um, you know, getting the number one recruiting class? Does that really matter? Or, you know, is okay. it? Is, That's a good uh, question, Colin. Yeah. I appreciate that question. That's good. And I think, I know Colt and I did spend a little time looking at the, looking at the National Signing Day stuff today. Um, you know, Alabama came out on top. No, not a big surprise. Um and the, the funny little caption I read, they said, if you expect to win a national championship, you need to win on signing day. So I think maybe that addresses the caller's question a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it is extremely important. Yeah, um, you, know, you got to get those blue chip players. You got to get those four and five star recruits coming in um, to your program. Yeah, a lot can be done with coaching. And mm-hmm. just because you're a four star or a five star doesn't guarantee success. But um, you know, I think you're you're playing the odds, uh, and I think that's why you see teams like Alabama, Ohio State, where not only from year to year, but from game to game, if you see a guy get hurt, especially in this this time of the COVID pandemic, where you see you know two or three guys go down, and, and those teams that you know are deep that have those big recruiting classes, um, they just fill those they fill those gaps and never seem to miss a beat. And I think I think that's that's the big thing right there, being able to have those uh, quality players coming off the bench, not just your starters, but you know having quality players on the bench to fill in those gaps for injuries and and COVID issues or whatever else comes up. So yeah, I think I think signing day is a, a very good indication of how your team will perform. Yeah, I think also you're always going to have Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, LSU, those teams up there in those uh, recruiting ranks and stuff just because of their uh, the way that those players have turned out in the NFL draft. I mean, who's going to pitch a better pitch than having all those guys taken in the first round and all the people that are still playing now? I think there's like some crazy number, like 63 Alabama players that are currently playing in the NFL, and you just don't see a lot of those like smaller Power 5 schools having the amount of recruits and stuff playing on in the NFL. It's just I always think those guys are always going to be up there in the top. So, 
you know, know and to address the the caller's, you know, question about, you know, the, are the rankings correct? Is, you know, did they get it right? You know, whatever. For sure, Alabama's number one. You know, a lot of the things that I'm reading, this is going down in history as one of the best recruiting classes of all time. Um, you know, so, you know, they, they just came off a national championship where their offense was averaging 50 points yeah. a game. I mean, how much better can they get at this point? I mean, come on, right. you know, then they just landed – you know, the best recruiting class not only this year, but of all time. So it's, uh, you know, of course they're going to be number one. Um, but, of course, you know, Ohio State number two. And, you know, all those teams that were in the playoff last year are, are usually up there at the top, in the top ten. You know, no big surprise there. Um, but, you know, I think it also you've got to take the coaching aspect a little bit into it. You know, you got to be able to translate, you know, those quality guys into, you know, performance on the field. Um, and I think – those teams that are up there at the top, that's what they're able to do. They're able to plug those freshmen, those young guys in there, into their system and, and make it work. Yeah, real quick, I'm going to be the lone guy to kind of disagree here. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it is important, but to me it's more about coach and it's about fit. Yep. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are three-star guys that the, the coach just knows that, that that's going to be a fit for their system and they can turn them into something special. You look at guys that came into Ohio State, James Laurinaitis, for instance, what was he, a two, three-star recruit? Yeah. And he, he was one of the best players to ever play the game. Mm-hmm. It's it, To me, it's more coach and fit. And, I, you know, five-star doesn't really mean a ton. Mm-hmm. And just to wrap up National Signing Day, it's really lost a lot of its luster today, though, with that early signing period. Yeah. Really nothing happened for the Buckeyes today. No, nobody new signed. Yeah. There's nothing announced. So it was, it was a pretty boring day to be a Buckeye fan as far as National Signing well, Day goes. I heard okay. something, and it doesn't really hey, pertain another, to uh, – Go ahead. Question as we were sitting here, that kind of has to do with the uh, signing day, too. And actually, it's a question about Michigan I got from a listener. Um, do you think the coaching staff changes at Michigan helped their recruiting? And that was something I did uh, check up on today, and I, I think it helped Michigan immensely. They moved from they were projected to have like the 20th recruiting class, and um, they moved up, depending upon what site you were looking at, they moved up to like 9 or 10. So I do think the changes helped Michigan's recruiting. Um, so I, 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 it's not an indication, but they, they flipped a couple local players. They flipped a couple players from the state of Michigan. Um, so we'll see how that turns out for them. They still got some big holes to fill. We got some holes at linebacker and some other spots. But, yes, I do think the coaching changes at Michigan did help their did help their recruiting this year. Yeah, no, that was a good good call, good question from the caller. Um, so, yeah, thank yeah, you. Appreciate that. One All thing, right. one thing I thought back, was weird was uh, with his uh, NBA All Star West picks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and then to wrap it up, I just at the power forward, I had Kawhi, and then center, I had Jokic. I'll do my my Western Conference picks here real quick. Uh, again, I'm going to stick with you know the 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 favorite guys in the popularity contest. So you're going to look at guys like Steph Curry. Uh, the other guard spots a little harder for me to determine. I I got it split right now between Damian Lillard and Luka Doncic. You got forwards Kawhi and LeBron, and center Anthony Davis. I really think it should be Nikolai Jokic, but you know I, I think Davis is going to win the popularity contest and get the start. Yeah, yeah, no, my. My five guys right now, I got I got Luca at one of the guard spots. He's averaging near a triple double. So I mean that's uh, he, he's having an unbelievable year. Uh, Steph Curry at my other guard spot. 
I got LeBron, you know, the elder statesman there in the All Star. I got Kawhi Leonard, and then uh, finally my my surprise pick is is Zion there in in the in the final spot. So. Oh yeah, that, I flip flop. I wrote those down wrong when I had him in the East. I don't know what I was. <laughs> yeah, well, I got the kind of the same lineup. I got Doncic, uh, Leonard, Lillard, and LeBron. But my surprise pick in there because I like the defense that he plays, um, and that's Rudy Gobert. Um, he's th- only thirteen points a game, but he's getting thirteen boards and almost three blocks a game. I like a big man in defensive paint, so that that's kind of my wild card in the West. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's uh, that's a good one. That that jazz team is playing real well. So, okay, awesome. All right, well, that's uh, that's it for the NBA. Um, we we got a, we had another Instagram question that came to us about the NBA, and the, the caller asked, um, "Who would you rather build a team around, uh, Giannis or Embiid?" Um, Colton, will let you start out answer that question. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm going to take Giannis in, in this one. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the Bucks signed him to that big deal this year. They, they obviously prioritize his importance to the team. I think he's just a little bit more versatile, I, I think, than, uh, than Embiid. You know, Embiid's more of a typical back-you-down, you know, kind of center, kind of a lost art in, in today's NBA. I mean, Embiid can, can shoot the ball a little bit, but... Uh, you know, I, I, I think Giannis is a little bit more versatile. You know, he, he can, you know, he's working on that shot, you know, but he is a little bit more mobile than, than Embiid. You know, I, I think he just gives you better options. He can run the point. He can, you know, play defense. I, I like him, you know, over – if I'm building a team, I like Giannis over Embiid. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think Giannis just brings brings a lot more to the table than uh, Embiid does. And uh, I think it, it's easier to build a team around Giannis because you can you can fit so many different parts around. And where Embiid, you you got to fit guards. You know, Giannis can play the guard sometimes, so you could get maybe more bigs around him. There's just so much more you can do with Giannis and Embiid. I, I think it's easier to build a team, and I, I actually think he's the better player of the two right now. Anyway. Yeah, I'd have to disagree. I'm gonna have to go with Embiid here. I just think that. Uh, the biggest turn away from Giannis for me is just the fact of his lack of jump shot. I think Embiid's really formed of today's NBA. I mean, he's an absolute dog from a three-point range, averaging 40% this year and 20 or 28.3 points per game. My bad. And I, I just, want, I just think that right now he's playing better, and in the long run, I think like he's going to be a better player. All right. Well, Braden, I got to leave you hanging out there. <laughs> Let's face it, the Bucks already built a team around him. It's already been proven that he can shoulder the load. And also, uh, not against Embiid, he's had some injury issues. So, you know, if, if it's a team you're going to build somebody around, you need him to be dependable and be out there on the floor, you know, uh, uh, regular not, you know, regular basis every night, you know, playing hard, playing well, and, and uh, not dealing with nagging injuries. So, all right, we just got a few minutes left. We're going to talk about the um this week they uh was kind of a surprise in the uh, major leagues that not a single uh person got elected to the hall of fame this year um uh, first time that's happened in like seven or eight years so um real quick um i think part of the problem is you're seeing three guys that were uh on their ninth ballot and all uh two of the three have been linked linked to Maybe some, uh, you know, steroid issues uh, that were, that you know, ninth time, so that, you know, they got one more chance at it. Um, 
the uh, the guy I would like to see make it in, and he was on his fourth attempt, was that was Omar Vizquel, probably the best shortstop to ever play the game. Uh, did whatever it took to win. It was a little stat I read. He, he led the majors in like sacrifice flies. So he's a guy that would go out there and get, you know do anything to help his team win. He had the highest fielding percentage of any shortstop, um, all-time leader in games played by a shortstop, and a leader in double plays turned by a shortstop. And only th- uh, and it was third in hitting uh per average or uh, all-time hits behind Derek Jeter and Onus Wagner so he's got quite the resume yeah no I think uh you know it's uh yeah it's gonna be interesting to see you know what happens you know next year with uh Bonds and Clemens and, and Kurt Schilling all three of them you know linked to somewhat you know some PED usage and things like that um you know to see if they they get in at this point I'm saying I'm saying no that they're gonna have to be elected you know via a different route the um, veterans committee maybe yeah or yeah so but uh you know another note you know just to add is you know next year's class includes uh you know alex rodriguez mm. you got david ortiz coming yeah. on the ballot um you know jimmy rollins ryan howard uh mark Teixeira, and and tim lincecum is coming on the ballot as well so some more yeah. big you know big names coming so they're going to be competing with those big names even next year too well and a lot of those big names understanding that kurt Schilling took himself off the ballot for next year he asked to be removed so um that was i read an article about that today that he asked to be removed for next year's ballot so yeah and a lot of those big names coming up next year they've all been linked to steroids as well i I think until until they break the seal on the steroid era and let somebody in it's going to be hard to vote anybody in these next few years right well the other one that was on there in the seventh time was gary sheffield he was linked to in the mitchell report he was linked to steroid use the only thing I remember about Gary Sheffield's career was him getting thumped by Fausto Carmona when Fausto put him in a headlock and thumped his bean when he charged the mound. Yeah, nope. That's uh, that's all the time we got here. You know, this for this week's show. Uh, like Dad said, we got another show at four fifteen on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. We'll be talking the Super Bowl. Um, you know, if you missed tonight's episode, uh, we are on all podcast platforms. You know, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts. We even have our own Instagram page. You can find us at, at FiredUp1071. Um, that's our Instagram page. Follow us for all the great content. Thanks for listening tonight, and uh, we'll catch you on Sunday. Stay fired up.